You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. Use promo code GATORS to double your first deposit. Only at mybookie.ag. This episode of Gators Breakdown is also brought to you by Shark Coatings. Visit sharkfloorcoatings.com when you need professional floor coating services done right the first time. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus. Starting at $3 a month, get access to unique episodes, plus a blog, chat room, giveaways, shoutouts, and more. Gators Breakdown Plus is furthering the interaction with fans and listeners like you. Head to gatorsbreakdown.supportingcast.fm to join Gators Breakdown Plus today. Gators Breakdown. Because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC right here, bringing you Florida versus Missouri preview game Saturday at noon on ESPNU. Both teams coming into this game have played five games already, still looking for the first conference win. We'll get into it right here. Hard, hard to believe. I think, what, Gators' last conference win was Tennessee last year? I think that is the longest streak besides Vanderbilt in the SEC of teams looking for the, you know, the, the streak of uh, SEC losses. So, Florida uh, not in good territory right there. So, hopefully, Gators getting their first conference win of the season. Billy Napier's first conference win against Missouri this Saturday. So, of course, this game is taking on a little bit of a new complex with Missouri pushing Georgia to the limit last week. And a lot more eyes are on this game, I think, a little bit because of that than maybe. I mean, look, I was still surprised, and I know um, if, you, if you caught us in the Eastern Washington postgame show on Sunday, you know, the line came out that it was Florida 10, 10 and a half what was coming out, and the line stayed about there. I think I even saw 11 in a couple of places, too. Man, <laughs> Vegas must know something, because that's, uh, that's, uh, that, that's a line I don't think a lot of people are touching uh, right now. So, lots to get into with this game, Florida and Missouri. Before we get there, everybody hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. If you're not already subscribed to Gators Breakdown, what are you doing? Come on, help me out here. Uh, and you get those notifications like, look, that's here. I'm going live with a preview. I don't normally do the previews live because sometimes I have a guest, have to edit it all together. 
Uh, and no guest this time for, for this show. There's a lot of things moving around going on uh, here. So no guest to preview Missouri. I'll give you the best preview I possibly can uh, from, you know, a Gator perspective here. Uh, but also hit that like button, smash that like button. You know, it really, really helps us out here on Gators Breakdown. Check us out on Gators Breakdown Plus as well. Q&A episode is already up as well. And you get to hear Billy Napier in the SEC teleconference as well uh, on Gators Breakdown Plus. So bringing you even more uh, content on that side. You can join that. You get the Discord uh, link. You can talk Gators all day, every day in the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord chat. Link is in the description to join. You'll get a welcome email. Everything that you need to know will be in that email. So, all right, here we go. Let's preview this Missouri Tigers 2-3 and three on the season overall. A 52-24 to 24 victory to open up the season versus Louisiana Tech. Then the next week gets smashed by Kansas State 40-12. to 12. Uh, That game, you know, that's... Uh, you, you, you have to take that one. Uh, even though they pushed Georgia last week, you can't forget the 40-12 uh, to 12 loss to Kansas either week two. Uh, then the very next week, Abilene Christian in... Columbia, Missouri, 34-17 victory there for Missouri. And then their first SEC game was a couple weeks ago. They lose 17-14 to versus Auburn in a game they really probably should have won. Um, they're going in for the score, and they fumbled the ball um, as he was reaching for the end zone, basically all by himself, uh, the, the Missouri player. Ball gets lost. It's a fumble. Auburn wins the game anyway, somehow. And then, of course, last week, Missouri loses 26-22 to Georgia. So, you know, we'll take a look a little bit. I mean, that was their last game anyway, kind of do that. But their last time out, we'll dive into that game just a little bit more. A lot of of eyes were on that game, of course. Georgia, the number one team in the country, uh, going to Columbia, Missouri. And I thought that was going to be a tough game for Georgia. Uh, It did play out that way. Just, man, something... we know Florida struggles there, but for so whatever reason, you know, not because I was looking at it through orange and blue glasses, and not, it wasn't really anything analytical or anything I could really point to on the field that says Georgia's going to struggle versus Missouri. I just had the feeling, <laughs> and, and it played out that way. Uh, but Missouri, you know, had everybody watching uh, that that game as Georgia. It took all Georgia could handle uh, to to go beat Missouri there. Upset alert for most of the night. Georgia pulls it together in the second half, 26-22 victory. Uh, Missouri started fast. They held a 16-6 halftime lead last week uh, versus Georgia. Georgia regained their footing, scored scored on their first four possessions in the second half. Uh, Missouri's defense held Georgia out of the end zone until 9.39 left in the game to draw Georgia within 22-19 at that point. But Missouri's defense... Uh, they set the tone early on, limiting Georgia to just nine plays in the first quarter, uh, forcing fir- forcing two first-half fumbles. Uh, it was the first time Georgia had failed to score on its first possession this season. Uh, Tigers jumped out 13-0 lead uh, at one point in the game. Harrison Mevis, everybody knows the, the big-bodied kicker <laughs> there for Missouri. Uh, he had a 41-49-yard field goals, uh, those two as well. Uh, they had an 81-yard touchdown drive when um, the quarterback hit Tyler Stevens for a 10-yard touchdown pass. Uh, Georgia got on the board, 40-yard field goal with 6.36 remaining before halftime. It took Georgia to the second quarter, 6.36 left in the first half to finally score in Missouri last week. Um, Missouri got that ball back, broke a long run, still had to settle for a field goal. Uh, but you know, Missouri held a 194-182 to advantage at the half in total offensive yardage uh, as Missouri, they just harassed Georgia 
Uh, Stetson Bennett, the quarterback there of for Georgia, of course, 10 of 24 passing uh, was Stetson Bennett versus Missouri. Missouri had nine tackles for loss, two sacks, seven quarterback hurries, six passes broken up, and one forced fumble uh, versus Georgia last week. So took everything Georgia could throw at Missouri to win that game. And, well, they had upset in mind, but it didn't happen. And, look, if you watch that game, a lot of us watched that game, you knew the more Missouri had to settle for field goals, and we'll get into that, uh, the more Missouri you know, couldn't score in the red zone, had to settle for field goals, you knew Georgia was probably going to end up taking that game at the end. It's exactly what happened. So, third meeting between Billy Napier, Gator head coach, and Missouri head coach, Eli Drinkwitz. Third meeting. Uh, both found success, of course, in the Sun Belt. Uh, Napier with Louisiana, and Drinkwitz with App State. You got to go to 2019. And sorry, guys, my my my, my nose is itching. Uh, Drinkowitz went two and zero versus Billy Napier in 2019, as App State beat his Louisiana squad squad twice that year. 2019, Drinkowitz at App State two and zero versus Billy Napier in Louisiana. But something maybe on the other side of this, since Drinkowitz has taken over at Missouri, Missouri is two and nine. On the road since Drinkwitz, Drinkwitz took over. Their only wins, South Carolina in 2020 and Vandy in 2021. So not no really big wins. Now, would this be a big win? I mean, it's still kind of maybe to be determined how good Florida's going to be this year. But... On the, they struggle on the road under Drinkwitz, 2-9 and nine on the road as head coach for Missouri. So with a win, the Gators would tie up the series, which dates back to 1965, but of course started playing a whole lot more when, when Missouri joined the SEC. Florida's 3-2 and two at home against Missouri. Florida has won two of the last three meetings against Missouri, outscoring the Tigers 87 to 47. But prior to last year's one point overtime matchup, that of course was Dan Mullen's last game as Gator head coach, each of the last eight games in this series has been decided by 17 or more points. That's 2013 to 2020. Prior to last year's overtime game, it was a one point game. Each of the last eight games in this series have been decided by 17 or more points. So usually whoever wins does it pretty comfortably. And we've seen Florida lose some stinkers in this game. We've seen Florida just not show up at all versus Missouri. So let's take a look at stat comparison where both teams rank in the SEC and in college football. The offensive statistics favor Florida. Total offense. Florida's offense better than Missouri's. Florida, 27th in college football, 5th in the SEC at 458.6 yards a game. Missouri, 90th in college football, 12th in the SEC. They're averaging 375 yards a game. Scoring offense, Gators 62nd, 
in the country, ninth in the SEC, scoring 32.2 points a game. Missouri, 89th, scoring 26.8. Rushing offense, this is where the Gators' offense, of course, excels. Climbing in the passing after the last couple of weeks, but of course, built on the run game early in the season so far. Gators, 22nd in the country, rushing the ball. Fourth in the SEC at 210 yards a game. Missouri, tied for 57th, ninth in the SEC, 169.8 rushing offense. Passing offense, I guess that Gators hold the edge when you compare offenses in every category right here. Passing offense, the Gators 57th in the country, much higher than it was a couple of weeks ago. Seventh in the SEC, 253.6 yards a game for the Gators. Passing offense for Missouri, 102nd in the country, 13th in the SEC at 205.2 yards a game. And efficiency, neither team really excelling there. Florida, 85th in the country, mostly Anthony Richardson here, of course. 10th in the SEC with a passing efficiency of 110.81. Missouri, 102nd in the country, dead last in the SEC with 122.9 passing efficiency. Touchdown and interception ratio, both teams not good. Exactly the same. Both quarterbacks right here, five of six. Five touchdowns, six interceptions, tied for 114th in the country. Total defense, now this is where it favors Missouri, and no surprise. After what we saw Missouri play, how they played Georgia last week, and how we've seen Florida, basically you're just reversing (laughs) what what Florida was able to do on offense and the separator there for Missouri. Missouri's got that on the defensive side of the ball. So Florida, the better offense, playing the better defense in Missouri here. Total defense, Missouri, 39th in the country. Look, that's only good for 8th in the SEC. It's 39th in the country, but only good for 8th in the SEC. 337.2 yards a game. Florida, 108th in the country, 12th in the SEC. There you go. Missouri's 8th in the SEC, giving up 337. Florida is 12th in the SEC. But that's good for 108th in the country. Missouri's 8th in the SEC, and that's 39th in the country. Unless you know there's a big gap after that. After Missouri, there's, you know, the defenses are falling off in the SEC. Florida giving up 421.4 yards a game. Scoring defense, now Missouri not crazy there. I mean, if you go back and look at you know, the, the scores, especially the Kansas State game where they gave up 40, That weighs heavy right here. Scoring defense, Missouri tied 65th in the country, 10th in the SEC, 24.8 yards, 24.8 points a game. Florida 77th, not too far behind as far as points go. Tied for 77th when Missouri's at 65th. Missouri is 10th in the SEC, Florida's 11th in the SEC in scoring defense. Rushing defense, Missouri. 45th in the country, 7th in the SEC, giving up only 120 yards a game. If you go back to Florida, Florida's rushing for 210 yards a game. Missouri only giving up 120. Something's going to have to give there. But Florida's rushing defense tied for 113th in the country, dead last in the SEC at 193.2 yards a game. Passing defense, 57th in the country for Missouri, 10th in the SEC at 216 yards a game. 
Florida not far behind Missouri there. 69th in the country, 11th in the SEC, only one spot as far uh, as passing defense goes in the SEC. 228 yards, point two, 228.2 yards. Florida giving up. So, I mean, you look at it. It's the rushing defense that's the biggest difference, of course. I got the, 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 the chart right here for you on the YouTube version. I'm trying to explain it best I can for the podcast version. But that is the difference. There's total defense. Missouri's 39th in the country. Florida 108th. Scoring defense, they're pretty similar. 65th for Missouri. 77th for Florida. Rushing defense, that's the difference. 45th for Missouri. 113th for Florida. Passing defense, 57th for Missouri. 69th for Florida. Not a big difference there. Another area Florida does have an advantage, though. Turnover margin. And I'll get into turnovers a little bit later. Florida tied for 50th in turnover margin. Plus one. Missouri 80th at minus one. Takeaways. Says Florida has nine right here. There's an Xavier Henderson fumble recovery somewhere uh, there, too. But the defense has eight takeaways. But combined, Florida has nine. Tied for 29th in the country. I got some more on the takeaways, as I mentioned there. Florida, four interceptions. Tied for fourth in the SEC. 55th in the country. Same for Missouri. Sacks allowed. Florida excelling there, the offensive line. You know, Anthony Richardson has gotten pressured. He's been able to avoid some sacks. But still, the offensive line doing a great job. Three sacks given up all year long. That's good for seventh in the country for Florida. Tied for third in the SEC. Missouri. Two. Giving up 1.8 per game. Tied for 61st in the country. Opponent red zone percentage, this is where I was saying about Missouri, where they have kind of struggled a bit, especially go back to last week versus Georgia. 119th in the country in red zone percentage. I got more on that. That's dead last in the SEC, of course. That's their, um, my bad. That's their opponent red zone percentage. I got more on their offense and their struggles in the red zone, as we saw last week. Sacks per game, Florida, 94th in the country. 1.6 a game, 8 on the year. Missouri, 11 sacks on the year. Tyron Hopper, a big difference maker there. We'll get into him a bit later. And tackles for loss. We've mentioned it. Florida's defensive line has struggled so far. Sacks, tackles for loss numbers, nowhere near where they should be. Tackles for loss, Gators 105th in the country, 23 on the season, 4.6 a game. Missouri excels right there. 28th in the country, 34 tackles for loss, 6.8 a game. Another place where linebacker, Florida transfer, Tyron Hopper is excelling. He has been a difference maker for the Missouri defense. We'll get into him a bit more coming up. But man, plenty to get into here for Missouri and for Florida. But before we do, Message from our friends at MyBookie. You know football, and you want to pick the winners all the time. So why not get paid for all those decisions at MyBookie? Bet single game spreads, money lines, or parlay multiple together to increase your payouts. Low contest entry fees and over a half a million can be won. 
Make it so you don't have to be a pro gambler to have fun. Getting started is easy. Just visit mybookie.ag, use promo code GATERS on your first deposit to secure a double deposit bonus. That's promo code GATERS to get your first deposit matched dollar for dollar all the way up to 1000 bucks. MyBookie is a proven sports book that makes it simple to bet and win. So make this your winning season exclusively at mybookie.ag. You know the goosebumps you get when Florida takes the field? Or when that 63-yard Hail Mary actually works? Or the thrill of a game-winning interception in the end zone? What a rush. You can experience that same rush every day at your home with Shark Coatings. We'll cover your old, ugly concrete with a beautiful industrial concrete coating and a warranty that lasts longer than most careers in professional football. So whether your garage floor is for parking, partying, or working out, Shark Coatings can transform it. And if your pool deck is starting to look like a bulldog, old, cracked, and smells like pee, Shark Coatings can transform that too. Shark Coatings is easy to clean, stain resistant, and is 100% antibacterial and antimicrobial. We're easy on the eyes and on the maintenance. Gator Nation is worldwide, and Shark Coatings is based right in the heart of it. So whether you live in Brunswick, Georgia, or Live Oak, Florida, down to Ocala, over to New Smyrna Beach, or anywhere in between, contact us for a free estimate today. Learn more at sharkfloorcoatings.com. That's sharkfloorcoatings.com. All right, one more time before we get started with the rest of the preview. Hit that like button. Hit that subscribe button if you're watching on YouTube. I can see them climbing as we're watching. <laughs> All right, here we go. Missouri offense. Nothing special about this offense. Nothing really stands out. Didn't turn the ball over versus Georgia last week, and that's something that has hurt Missouri uh, this season. If you go back and look at those stats I just read off, you know, barely rushed more than they passed, especially at, you know, at, at quarterback. You know, we know Florida has struggled um, with the rushing quarterbacks, with the running athletic quarterbacks some, 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 some this year. Missouri, they'll stretch defenses east, west. They'll take their shots down the field, but they, they, they like to run the clock. They like to eat a lot of clock. Uh, Missouri leads the SEC in the fifth in the country in time of possession, uh, and we know Florida's issues getting off the field. The Gators rank, 100, rank 126 out of 131 teams on giving up third downs at an alarming rate of 52%. But at the same time, Missouri only ranks 109th in third down conversion rate at 33%. So, somehow, without converting a whole lot of third downs, Missouri still holding on to the ball a lot. So that means they're gaining yards first, second down. I mean, one of the best time of possession teams out there, but one of the worst third down conversion teams out there. Make it make sense. (laughs) Uh, Quarterback Brady Cook completing 63% of his passes for 992 yards, um, 7.1 yards attempt, five touchdowns, four interceptions. Uh, And that's behind an offensive line that... (sighs) Hasn't been the, the most consistent at protecting him uh, this year, so he's making something out of it. But the player to watch, if Brady Cook's going to get going, lately, it's been Don, wide receiver Dominic Lovett. Led the Tigers in receiving each of, his first, in each of the first five games this season. The only Tiger to accomplish that feat in the modern era since 1958. He totals 460 receiving yards, 92 receiving yards per game, 27 total receptions this year, all leading SEC marks. Who would have thought 
played five games, and Missouri has the SEC leader at wide receiver. At Auburn, Dominic Lovett racked up 102 receiving yards on the Auburn defense. He's the first Missouri player to have consecutive 100-yard receiving performances since Emmanuel Hall in the first two games of 2018. The first one was Abilene Christian the week before, where he went seven catches, 132 yards, and two touchdowns. 179 yards, 113, so he's an explosive receiver. Now, he did suffer a lower leg injury versus Georgia. And on Tuesday, Drinkwitz updated the status of the leading receiver, saying he's 50-50 at this point. So it would be a big get for Florida if Lovett's not on the field. Maybe some gamesmanship there by Drinkwitz, but I just read you your stats. He's the SEC's best receiver right now, at least as far as stats go. Of course, there's a lot of probably more talented, better receivers out there. But ones that are getting the ball thrown to him and thrown to him a lot, that's Dominic Lovick there at Missouri. So you know who to look for. And he leads the way for an offense that spreads the ball out. Four Tigers have double-digit receptions through five games and has had at least six receivers hauling a reception through all five games this year. Sophomore Mookie Cooper has turned it on the last three games as well. Ten receptions, 112 yards, just one catch in the first two games. Five catches last week versus Georgia, a new career best. He had a 46-yard catch versus Georgia last week that led to a field goal for Missouri. That's where their weapons are. Nothing really stands out at running back for Missouri. So you look at this, and for the Gator defense, what can you do? What are we looking for? We're certainly looking for improvement. And one area that I did find it, there is one area. This Florida defense is better than last year. Now, don't get me wrong. Last year's defense wasn't anything to write home about. We know that. But this Florida defense has forced eight turnovers this season with at least one in each game, including two with multiple, two interceptions and a forced fumble versus USF, and two forced fumbles at Tennessee. Last season, Florida had four turnovers gained through the first five games, finished with 13 total. So at least for the defense, like I said, there's nine total for Florida. There was an Xavier Henderson fumble recovery in there. But for the defense, eight turnovers this season. Florida finished with 13 last year, so only five behind last year and double where they were at this point last year. So we know the yardage they're giving up. We've heard the bend, don't break mentality, and look, don't get me wrong, that's not a strategy. <laughs> that conversation was out there on Twitter a little Break, bend, bend, don't break is not a strategy. You know, yeah, your goal is to go out there, not give up yards, not give up points, and get off the field. Give it back to your offense. Bend, don't break is not a strategy. It's working for Florida. I mean, not really working, but that's, I mean, that's what Florida's doing. That's what they can hang their hat on. But that's not, a, that's not a game plan. But there you go. You look at the turnovers. You look at red zone defense for Florida at times this year. There's a lot of bend, don't break. Missouri has three fumbles lost this season while tossing six interceptions. Starter Brady Cook with four of those interceptions, of course, uh, as I mentioned that. And keeping with Cook a bit more, um, he's run for 40 times this season for 147 yards, 3.7 yards of carry. So not killer with his legs, but Florida, of course, will need to keep contained. We've seen Florida struggle with some quarterbacks this year that can use their legs. Uh, But now looking deeper at that. Cook had seven rushes for 61 yards versus Louisiana Tech. So let lets you know they, they will run him. 
13 for 56 yards versus Kansas. Six for 42 versus Abilene Christian. And then you notice something in SEC play the last couple of weeks. Ten attempts at Auburn, minus one yard. He was sacked four times in that game. Four rushes against Georgia went for minus 11 yards. And he was sacked twice. Sacks counting that, but it still lets you know I'm giving you that number because, you know, it, yes, it plays into effect, but he was not running like he was those first few games of the season. SEC play ramped up, better defense is ramped up, and he's been shut down completely the last couple of weeks of trying to run the ball. So I know it's been a task up front for Florida lately, uh, but there is a path to creating pressure and getting to Cook and limiting his run yardage. He has not been able to run on SEC defenses the first two conference games for Missouri this year. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, so let's move it to the other side of the ball. Missouri defense, they'll play a lot of man. They'll get pressure. We saw it all on display last week. That was, really, that was really nothing new for Missouri's defense last week versus Georgia, but it was heightened. It was, it was better last week than what it has been. And, of course, against the number one team in the country. They eliminate the easy stuff. Um, they'll occasionally give up the, a, a big play, but you've know, you, you got to work for it. You do have to work for it. Attacking opposing quarterbacks, of course, with pass rushers, they come from everywhere. Um, they'll have the linebackers' ability to play side to side, thanks to Tyron Hopper. Their defensive line, they don't have to rely on five, six guys to play the entire game. They're deeper. I was doing some research about 10 players now that play at least 10 snaps a game. They have improved from one of the, like, Worst power five defenses in the country last year. Definitely, like, worst 10, worst 15 defenses to a top 15, to a top 50 unit so far this year under new defensive coordinator Blake Baker. Big turnaround there for Missouri's defense. One of the worst last year and now a top 50 unit. Part of that, they added 10 transfers to the defensive side of the ball between the end of last season and the start of this year. Those additions have contributed to 37% of the Tigers' solo tackles, 47% of their tackles for loss, 30% of their sacks, and 50% of their interceptions. Transfer portal paying off big for Missouri on the defensive side of the ball. Once again, Tyron Hopper, (laughs) a big part of that. Ugh, man. That stinks. We'll get into him a bit more, too, just to kind of show you what he's bringing to that Missouri defense at the linebacker spot. But, you know, they'll attack a lot. They're, they're, they'll we'll push that offensive line into the backfield. Um, Missouri's safeties and linebackers have nearly as many sacks with four as the defensive line does with six. Ten sacks combined between your defensive line and safeties and linebackers. Safeties and linebackers with four, defensive line with six. So that's just another example of how they'll just attack from all sides and all depths. 
Well, Anthony Richardson have enough time. We saw Stetson Bennett had been playing really good the beginning portions of this season. He struggled mightily versus this Missouri defense last week. 10 of 24. Now, Anthony Richardson, you know, Missouri will like to play some man defense. We've seen Anthony Richardson burn some man defenses. You know, Utah in that long touchdown run by Anthony Richardson. Catch him in a man defense. Mike, you know, their backs are turned. They can't see you. Maybe scamper off. The routes are deep. But, of course, Missouri, they'll have a spiling. Tyron Hopper, more than likely. But look to see if Anthony Richardson pulls it down. When his wide receivers are deep, what kind of run lanes, open field he may have, may not have. If there's a spy to beat. And would Missouri liken, likely to play more man? Can the Florida receivers beat one-on-ones? Can they win their matchups? I might be calling a Ricky Pearsall breakout game here. I think Florida's passing game has made some steps. I think his route running ability can really shine here. Look for Pearsall to have a big game. Third down defense for Missouri, pretty good. Only giving up 27% on third down. 20 of 73 teams have converted. Florida's offense, 53rd in the country, converting third down 42% of the time. So, you know, we'll see. Missouri's really good on third down. Can Florida run on Missouri? Uh, last time versus the SEC defense, Florida struggled versus Tennessee. Missouri just ate up Georgia last week in a zone run scheme. So, one more time, have to get Anthony Richardson, of course, involved in the run game. Run straight at Missouri if you have to. That zone scheme didn't. I mean, that's Billy Napier's bread and butter. Georgia made adjustments last week. Started running right at them. Florida may have to do the same. But for Missouri, I mean, a little bit of Jekyll and Hyde this year for their run defense. So Louisiana Tech, eight yards on 22 attempts. Okay, nothing to write home about. But then Kansas State the next week, 235 yards on 43 carries. Abilene Christian, 27 for 109. That game kind of out of hand. But Auburn, 45 attempts for only 82 yards. Last week, Georgia ran and 169 on 36 carries. But if you watch that game, you know that that was a tough 169 yards for Georgia. On the season, Missouri giving up three and a half yard a carry. Florida averaging 4.6. So, of course, the player to watch, we're all going to be watching. We've had this game circled for one reason coming into this year, and that's linebacker Tyron Hopper transferring from Florida, going to Missouri. He transfers to Missouri and is their best defensive player. And honestly, he's one of the best players in the SEC right now. And that hurts. <laughs> well, what we've seen from this Florida defense right now, they could absolutely use him. He's second on the team in tackles for Missouri with 32. Leads with tackles for loss with seven and a half. Tie for the lead with two sacks. Second on the team in pass breakups with three. One forced fumble. One interception. He leads the Tigers in total tackles in three of five games played so far this year. His 29 solo tackle leads 
SEC defenders. Now, don't get me wrong. Hopper didn't play that good at Florida. Like, he is really showing up at Missouri. Now, look, we knew he was a good linebacker. That's why it, it stung missing him. But he wasn't putting these kind of numbers up. Now, of course, a year older, a different scheme. Would he be doing this at Florida, too? I think we've seen – I've seen improvement. Ventro Miller being back out there. Amari Bernie's better. Needs to be more consistent, of course. But there are more impact plays from Amari Bernie. Something we didn't see from Amari Bernie before. But, man, you'd love to see Tyron Hopper out there and see with these numbers that he's putting up at Missouri right now if he'd be putting these up at Florida. Because if he was, this defense that we've been talking about, would they'd be, they'd be a little bit better. So if the run game gets shut down for Florida or has a bad stretch, you know, can, can Anthony Richardson carry the game once again like he did at Tennessee a couple weeks ago? Missouri's defense will test Florida more than Tennessee's. AR was able to handle the pressure, I think, mentally of that game, physically. Tennessee got in the backfield a bit, but Missouri plays much more aggressive up front and on the back end on the defense overall. So, man, the matchup here, Florida's going to have to to play a good game to win this game. You know, Missouri likes to win ugly games. Florida can win an ugly game, but I think – the, the game can be ugly while you have to play good to win it. And I think, you know, it's going to have to be there. So with that said, I'm going to say Missouri struggles again on the road. Not a good road team under Eli Drinkwitz. I got 30-24 Gators, and 30 might be a little high. Uh, I kind of reserved myself from going that high, but then I, I decided on any way. 30-24 Gators, you know, if it could go a field goal one way or the other, okay, maybe give me 27-24 Gators. I'd probably feel better about that than I would 33-24 Gators. But 30-24 is where I'm going to settle here. I think Florida holds Missouri to field goals. I think Missouri's their, their struggles in the red zone continue this week, partly because that's where what's what they have shown, and Florida probably some more bend-don't-break defense from them. Missouri is 112th in the country in red zone offense. 112th in the country in red zone offense. 19 attempts, 11 touchdowns, 3 field goals. So that's 14 and 19 attempts. That ranks 112th in the country with 73.7%. So with Anthony Richardson, I don't think he's going to have this. I don't think he'll have a special night. I think Missouri's defense is good enough to hold him where he doesn't go crazy like he did in the Tennessee game. Um... Could we see something like a Utah game? Maybe not quite at that level, but I, I think around that. I think it's going to take that type of performance. He'll have to make he'll, he'll have to make plays that, that make a difference. He won't be the difference maker all night long, but he's going to have to make a few plays that are the difference. And I'd like to predict the Florida run game gets theirs, but seeing what Missouri did last week and what they did at times this year, uh, what Florida did a couple weeks ago versus Tennessee. I think the run game would be good, but they won't run away with it. I don't think it will be a dominant performance by the Florida run game, but I think combined with Anthony Richardson, his legs, him passing, the run game would be good enough. I don't think we'll be disappointed with the way the run game looks. I just think this, this, I'm going into this game, I've got a mindset. I think this Missouri defense is pretty good. Inconsistent, but I think pretty good. I don't think they're dominant. 
I don't think we'll get a dominant performance from Florida's offense, but I think it will be enough. 30-24 Florida getting their first SEC conference win. Not SEC conference, because that would be, I'm, I'm saying Southeastern Conference Conference. Getting their first SEC win this season. And for Billy Napier, by the way. So, there we go. That's kind of how I see it playing out. Uh, we'll go over here on the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord and ask those guys what they wanted to see versus Missouri. Some of them really short and to the point. Some just trying to be funny. We'll see. So we'll see what they got to say. Rooster says, Missouri punting at least five times. Yeah, I'll take that. <laughs> Bull Gator, a Gator victory. Yep, there we go. Absolutely. Ryan says, zero AR turnovers. Uh, and I got a lot more on that on the Gators Breakdown plus Q&A. Uh, go deep into that uh, with AR's turnovers. Uh, Ryan asked that question uh, on Gators Breakdown plus members exclusive Q&A. So I'll go into that too about you know where... Well, you know what the turnovers mean for Florida and for Anthony Richardson. Because that's he asked the question, you know, do can this can this be the game Richardson doesn't turn the ball over? So talk more about it right there. Uh President Camacho says fewer would be two yard gains that turn into 13 yard gains because of missed tackles. Now I think the tackling has been better. But it's still an issue. But yeah, you know, and that was another theme, I believe. We talked ad nauseum about the defense on the Q&A episode. And my main theme was the guys are just, when the play is there, make the play. Make the tackle. Make the tackle for loss. Get the interception. Fill your gap. Fill your hole. Do your job. Florida just did the did their job on defense. It'd be a lot better. But that's why we see the inconsistency. Not everybody doing their job just yet. B Sheriff 3 says our defensive line get pressure on Cook and third down stops to get off the field. Yep. I mean, been issues all season long, but really a whole lot lately. That defensive line just not getting pressure the last couple games. Third down have been still got third and Grantham, don't we? <laughs> um, Bud Davis, Bud Davis, getting some a lot of good um, stats and stuff in the Gators Breakdown Plus Discord. He shares them on Twitter as well. Uh, he throws a wish list in here. It says Anthony Richardson zero turnovers, run defense less than 150 yards, pass defense less than 200 yards, and a win. Uh, run defense, yeah, I think if you hold Missouri under two, uh, if you hold Missouri under 150, I think you win the game. I don't think they're, even with this Florida defense, I don't think they're, if they can't, if they can't run, they can't pass. Uh, that's Missouri's offense for me. So you hold them less than 150, I, I think Florida wins the game. So yeah, 150, I think might, might be the key stat of the game. And J.P. Gator replied to that. Run offense probably needs to be around 200 for me to feel good as well. So, yeah, you hold, to me, if just looking at the rushing attack for both teams, and look, this probably would hold true for a lot of games for Florida. But Missouri can't pass the ball without the run game going. So there's other teams that you could hold less than 150 yards rushing. They're going to throw it all over you anyway. Not Missouri. 
So if Florida gets 200 on the ground and holds Missouri less than 150, Florida's winning this game. And it might be pretty comfortable as well. Hoovy says no turnovers. I mean, that seems to be a theme, right? I mean, the turnovers the last couple of weeks, of course, the fumble against Tennessee, huge, but that wasn't the interception. The interception at the end of the game, that was, you know, would, of course, it's there. But AR has to throw that ball, has to get rid of the ball. He's under pressure, ball floats against pegged against Tennessee. Okay. Those are the interceptions you live with. Not the ones we saw against Eastern Washington where you throw in quadruple coverage. And did they do that just because it's Eastern Washington? Okay. But I'd like to see him take every rep more serious. Clark says, Drinkwood's getting his lights knocked out by Billy. <laughs> Uh, Hoovy comes in, you know, just haven't had a clean game yet after he said no turnovers. Uh, Ryan S. says they win with signs of improvement from the defense and a game without any turnovers on offense would be a big bonus. And last one, Double D, special teams play that doesn't shoot ourselves in the foot. Doesn't have to be spectacular. Just at least get us going at the 25 on kickoffs. And Double D, why you got, let me see. Napier did speak on special teams in the presser. On Wednesday night, let me, while I got it here, hopefully I don't bore you guys while I'm looking for it, but he did speak on special teams when he was asked about it, and I'm trying to find it because I got the transcript here. Let's see. Uh, Sorry, guys, that just came to my head um, about that as I was reading. Yeah, here we go. The question was, one of the areas you haven't been clean is and clean in is special teams. What can you do? Is it personnel, scheme? What can you do to make that area of your team better? And Billy Napier says, I agree with you. I think it's an area of our team where we need to improve. When I think about special teams, I think about really good specialist play, right? I do think our specialists have played relatively well. Then you talk about covering kicks, right? Punt coverage. Kickoff coverage. Well, okay. Then you talk about covering kicks, punt coverage, kickoff coverage. For the most part, we've been okay there. The kickoff return, we've had a few slip out there past the 25. Then you get into the return game. That's an area of our team we need to improve, right? It's a combination of personnel. It's a combination of decision-making. Ultimately, one-on-one matchups. When I think about game changers, I think, I think about ultimately at the end of the day, if you can do those things we talked about, it's because you got good specialists and you're winning one-on-ones. I think that's personnel. I think it's decision-making. I think it's technique and fundamentals. Those are areas where we can improve. So pretty much every area. <laughs> I mean, personnel, decision-making. Uh, do those two go hand-in-hand? Hand? Technique, fundamentals. Does it, uh, I mean, does all that go? I mean, uh, doesn't that all kind of go back to personnel? I know ETN has been listed as a kickoff returner. He is listed at the top of kickoff returner on the new depth chart. So maybe, maybe he gets some burn there. Also, same time, while we're talking about depth chart and this game, previewing this game a little bit, I know to the uh, ire of many out there, trading. Um, now, of course, not wanting hurt, but how hurt was he really last week? Maybe besides some hurt feelings. Uh, but it is now listed first. Again, on the depth chart at safety. We'll see what that means. Does he start? 
Most of the time, the depth chart has meant that. I mean, but Shamar James wasn't listed as a starter. He started the first three games of the season as a true freshman at linebacker. Um, so it's not totally accurate. We'll see how practice plays out this week, too. Gators, different kind of schedule this week with practice. Also, you know, more for me. What does that mean for snap count? What does that mean for if there's an early mistake? Is there some more accountability and he's taken out of the game for the rest of the game? Some amount of time? But I know that's one big storyline there. Um, and I mean, it's not, don't want to see it. I mean, we've seen enough of the mistakes of trading. I don't think just one come to Jesus moment where he's not starting one week is going to make all that much of a difference. So we'll see. We'll see. I mean, I think ultimately we'd see the game play out before we get too crazy about it. How much does he actually play? I'm not going to go too too overboard with a depth chart. But if he's out there a lot Saturday, and he's out there a lot and messing up Saturday, that's where the criticism and the critiques can come in. But yeah, a little bit of a surprise there. But he, he did mention Kamari Wilson still going to get a lot of time. McMillan going to get a lot of time. But there we go, Florida SEC opponent again. And for now, trading listed as a starter there at safety. So that was the biggest takeaways there. DeWan Black uh, was listed out uh, this week. So I know after seeing him play last week versus Eastern Washington, getting the onside kick versus Tennessee, his name's kind of been out there a bit more. But now listed as out for Missouri. He's still listed on the linebacker depth chart at the same time, but is listed out. For injuries, Michael Tarquin out again as well. Uh, Nick Elkstus was another name uh, I saw there. So, nobody major, really. No starters. So, there was just some highlights from memory <laughs> there uh, for the Gator Step chart. So, all right. There we go. Florida, Missouri preview. Game, noon. Saturday, ESPNU. Hope to see you in Gainesville if you're there. Come by, say hello, come tailgate with us. But that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SEC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.